if you want to get ahead, it helps to have friends in high places. And what's true in life is also true for the afterlife. The good news is we have an advocate in heaven, a mediator, standing by, ready to go into bat for us. Because what matters in the end is not what you know, it's who you know. This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. Well, it's great to be here with Pastor Wayne Baum again. Uh, Wayne, you've helped us out a few times before, uh, particularly exploring biblical topics. So, yeah, welcome to Science of the Times Radio. Thank you, Ken. Always good to be back here in the studio. Now, what I really wanted to explore today, Wayne, is an article in this month, the the November edition of Science of the Times magazine, that has quite an intriguing title, Romance, Job Hunting and... And salvation. I wasn't exactly sure what I was getting into when I saw the uh, the, the title there. It, it, so but it became of, clear. It, it sort of reminds me of that that old Sesame Street game. You know, one of these kids is doing his own thing. One of these kids doesn't belong. You know, and it's like, you know, how do these things yeah. even fit together? So please explain romance, job hunting, and salvation. How how do these things even fit together? You got to read the article. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it all fits together. the the um, The author here starts looking at um, a couple of components where he talks about someone helping you find a job. Mm-hmm. He talks about someone giving a recommendation on your behalf to get the job, and he said, you know, by and large, today, yep, that's the best way to get a job. Well, it's always been that they've always said it's who you know, not what you well, know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So for job hunters out there this time of year, start. Getting to know some people. <laughs> yep, yep. It's who you know. Yeah. So it, it looks at then a, a really core theme of Jesus being our mediator. Mm-hmm. And so it links those, um, you know, the person helping us to get the job mm-hmm. and, and Jesus doing all that, that he's done through his, his life and death and resurrection in representing our case before God. And that's where the book of Hebrews picks up on this theme. of oh, so, so it's like Jesus being a, a referee on, on your yeah. resume sort yeah. of thing. And so you call the referee up and you say, hey, do you know such and such a person? What, what can you tell me about them? How yeah. do you work with them? And that actually counts for a lot. Sometimes even more than what's written in black and white that the person's saying about themselves. Yeah. And, and I guess the case in point uh, that I've got coming up in the next couple of weeks, we've got the V8s on um, in Newcastle. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. And um, I was chatting with my brother and he said, oh, our, our cousin, she's she's part of that team there. She'll be able to get us tickets. Uh, and so it's that okay. same sort of thing of, you know, it's it's who you know. Mates rates. Mates rates. And, <laughs> yep. uh, you know, she'll be able to get us into the pits and, and so forth and okay. you know, give us a, a great experience through the, the V8s there. Okay. And, and the other interesting thing that um, Bjorn Carmen brought out, who, who wrote this article, yep. the initial story Bjorn started with is when he first met the lady who's now his wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he found that um, once he'd sort of passed the test with, with her sister, once she decided that he was okay, she was a great advocate for yeah. him in, in the family and sort of helped him, you know, when he made a bit of a... Uh, there were some cultural um, things that he had to negotiate. Well, that's right. Yeah, he's sort of from a Swedish background. His wife is from a, a, a Filipino yeah, background yeah. and that can get messy. But because his, you know, the lady he loved, her sister was on his side, mm. she really helped smooth the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. And I guess I also think like mediator, when we think about mediator... Yeah. Um, have you ever been involved in mediation or supported people through it, perhaps? Yeah, I, nothing that, that comes to mind. I remember facing the court once myself. Right. Um, 
long time ago when I was on pea plates. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if listeners need to hear this story, yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I tell you what, it was a fearful thing. Um, mm. Fronting the court, you know, I didn't, listeners, I didn't do anything that bad, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't display one pea plate on my car. Oh, okay. And the, the policeman, lovely young chap, yeah. <laughs> pulled me up <laughs> and... You, you, um, you can't see the sarcasm on his face. <laughs> <laughs> pulled me up and um, gave me a ticket and I had to go to court. And okay. um, I ended up losing my license for a, for a month, okay, um, for not having it. But, but that's a situation with a magistrate or or a judge. Yeah, that was the where, magistrate. But a mediator is slightly different. I mean, a, exactly. A, a mediator gives you the opportunity, like in, in our sort of justice system, yeah. to sit down and for everyone to have their say and to work it out to come to mm. a compromise. Whereas a situation in court, like you're saying, a magistrate will rule either the defence is correct or the prosecution yeah. is correct, and it's winner takes all. Loser pays the bills, yeah. sort sort of thing. But now, yeah, what would have been a, a, a great piece of, um, you know, what would have been grace there would have been the the prosecutor mm-hmm. because the policeman who pulled me up was there in court. A mediator in that sense would have been him coming forward and pleading my case uh-huh. and saying it's okay, judge. This, you know, it was a pea plate. Um, I recognise there were some other circumstances there. Let's let it let, let's let it slide. There's some yep. great um, Facebook clips at the moment I see of a judge over in the states, and he's in his courtroom just doing some ex- extraordinary things. And he has um, some people from the public that will come in, and and you know there are some amazing cases that um, that he faces or that he has to hear, and he just he will advocate on their behalf. So his judge. Mm-hmm. But he also ends up being the mediator. Wow! In in the process, and um, okay, they, I I quite like watching those things. Wow, that's that, that's fascinating. So I guess you know, as we think about it. <coughs> everyday life, you know, we think about different ways in which we might understand the idea of a mediator, whether it is searching for a job, whether it is yeah. finding a life partner, whether it is, you know, working off some sort of traffic fine. Yes. Um, but I've seen you, like, in this building here at Adventist Media with teenagers, like, taking them through Bible studies, explaining what the Bible says about this or that or the other topic. When it comes to the, the concept of what the Bible says about mm. Jesus as our mediator, how do you explain that like to them in, in basic terms? What, yeah. And what are some of the, I guess, the, some of the key verses you, you begin with? Go through, with? yeah. Um, look, it's, it's a, you read through scripture and the term mediator only appears about six times in scripture. Okay. So the word itself doesn't appear all that often. Pretty rare, yeah. But if we go back to you know, right back to the Old Testament. We look at the background of, of why, in fact, we need a mediator. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, Genesis chapter 3, we have the, the fall, um, or obviously Genesis 1 and 2, the creation of, of the world. Mm-hmm. And then Genesis chapter 3, um, Eve is tempted by the serpent. Mm-hmm. And so up until that point, there is a oneness that exists between God and and humanity. Mm, it, no it actually separation. says that God used to come in the cool of the evening yeah. and, and yeah. walk with Adam and Eve like through the garden. It was a very intimate sort of friendship, mm. yeah. So that was the, I guess, you look at the original design of, of God's relationship with humanity. It was mm. to be one. Yeah. Genesis 3 comes along and up until that point, God has defined what was good. Yeah. You know, day one and behold, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um for the creation of man, behold, it was very good. Mm. No, but man and woman man together. Man and woman, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. It, man and woman had to be together before it was very good. But then he's yeah. also, I guess, in part of that, there was yeah. God said there was something that wasn't good as well. Yeah, and that was, you know, it wasn't not good, good for, man. for the man to be alone. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, okay. Um, and so that was Genesis one and two. Genesis three, you then have the the picture being painted of of Eve around the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Yep. And the serpent is there tempting Eve mm-hmm. to eat of its fruit. Now, right. God had specifically said, don't eat of that, mm. that, 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 and, that fruit. And, and, of course, the Bible says, and she gave some to her husband, Adam, who, who was with her. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And so we then see a change of relationship happening between God and humanity. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this, this holy and righteous God is dealing with um, a human race that has chosen a different path. Right. And it's not good for the man to be alone. Yeah. And that they're alone and apart from God at that yeah. point. Yeah. And so then you you have in Genesis 3 the, the curses that have been pronounced firstly on the serpent, mm-hmm. then on man, and then on the woman. Mm-hmm. And Genesis 3 then gives a glimpse that they were cast out of the garden. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have this changing of relationship between... Um, God and, and humanity, and so now something else was needed to bring a resolution to this separateness. Mm. And, and in some ways, we're we're still living with the effects of that, aren't we? Because yeah. I mean, some of those curses had to do with, like you know, hard work, and we we know that we yeah. struggle in our society with workaholism. You know, particularly men. Um, it, it also the curses also suggest there's going to be tension between the genders and a power struggle, and that is something that is going on to this day. Um, it's tough. It, it still is tough. But but you're suggesting that something's changed, or that there was a solution to that. There was, and so we see that separation that has come in now, and that separation, uh, they could no longer eat from the the tree of life. Mm-hmm. So there was no longer that option for mortality, uh, immortality. Mm-hmm. Okay. So something had changed, and and we see then the consequences of sin in in chapter three, verse twenty one. It says, also for Adam, and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin mm-hmm. and clothe them. Okay. So we see the, the change of relationship or the sin that had, had now come in mm. actually caused death, which right. is a, a theme that, that Paul then later picks up in the book of Romans. And, and, and when you say it caused death, uh, are you implying that the skin, the animal skins that were covered in needed an, an animal to be killed Correct. In, yeah. in order for that to yeah. be provided? Because it says, before that point, they were walking around naked and not ashamed, not the Bible ashamed. says. They didn't even yeah. really know or care, you know, innocent as babes in the wood, as they say. Yeah. And suddenly... When sin enters, they look at each other and say, oh my goodness, you're naked. What, yeah. What's going on? So there's a change with themselves yeah. and a change in that relationship yeah. with God. And that change actually ushered in what we know now is the life we live. Right. Is, is, is Where we have guilt and shame, guilt, shame and sin. Death yeah. as being the, death. the wages of what sin has, has, um, has brought. But, but what you're saying is God provides these skins to them as a covering which suggests, hey, you've got a problem, I have a solution. Exactly. But it's a solution that involves something has to die. Yeah. There has to be blood spilled. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was not a problem that man could actually solve. Mm-hmm. It was only a problem that, that God could actually solve. And so, mm. yeah, he made that skin to clothe us. And as we get down then into the book of um, uh, later part of uh, Genesis, we actually see that Joseph's father mm-hmm. made him a coat of many colors. Okay. And it was that coat and garment that then would cover him, but also cover his brothers who tried to use that bloodstained garment to cover their sin. Oh, wow. Okay. Or for Potiphar's wife, she used that garment to cover 
her sin, her sin of, of lust and of, of trying to pursue a relationship mm-hmm. with Joseph. So, yeah, she, she, she grabbed his coat on, it on the as he was running away from her advances and yeah. then said, look, he tried to molest me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we see, you know, the, the garment that, that God has made here for Adam and Eve, a really important garment mm-hmm. that would actually clothe them, hide their nakedness. Um, okay, all right. Okay, so you're giving us a. This is a very powerful, you know, sort of motif that runs through the Bible. This yeah. idea of the this covering robe, this covering garment. But we're talking about mediation here. So correct. Make make the connection for us, right. Wayne, because I'm not seeing it. So when we start going through then the book of. Um, of Genesis. Mm-hmm. This is the, the reason why we needed a mediator, because we have sinned. Mm-hmm. So as we go through then into the, the Genesis and then into the book of Exodus, we see that God instituted a, a much greater typology of salvation. Whoa, that's a big word. What, what, what do you mean by that? So he, he instituted a means by which we would be continually reminded of, mm-hmm. of our sinfulness, mm-hmm. which happened back in the garden, but also... God's graciousness. Right. And that was then in the temp- the temple, tabernacle temple process. Uh, okay, so this is after, like, Moses, you know, says to Pharaoh, let my people go, you know, Charlton Heston yep. and Ten Commandments, yep. and they, they're out in the wilderness there. They have to build this this tent, which is which is their portable temple. And and in that in that temple or that tabernacle, whatever you want to call it, there are these series of animal sacrifices that they have to be slaughtered ritually for, in certain ways for certain reasons. And often it is about like dealing with sin and to show that you're sorry or to show yeah. that you're cleansed, that all that sort of stuff. And so we see now the the consequences of sin. And so when a person sinned, they would have to go to the temple service yep. uh, with their lamb. Yep. Um, their sacrifice, slay the lamb, and the priest there would then be the mediator right. in, in the process. Because only the priest was allowed to actually take the blood of that lamb into the, like, into the temple. Yeah. Yep. And so all this is, is a typology of, it all represented... Um, so when you say typology, you mean like it's a metaphor? It's a metaphor. It's, it's a, a way of showing us through some... Yeah, okay. So yep. it continually represented the the consequence of sin. So I'm I'm coming because I have sinned to the temple with with a lamb, and I needed to slay that lamb because of my sin. So that mm-hmm. the sin, my sin, actually cost a life. Mm. And so the priest there would act as the the mediator in that process between mm. myself, a sinner. And a holy and righteous God. Right. And then there was one particular priest called, called the high priest. The high the, priest. The sort of the chief, chief priest yeah. who was the only person who was allowed to go into the very most holy inner sanctum yeah. of, of the temple. So three parts um, to the temple there, the yep. outer court. Yep. Um, then the, the first apartment ministry. Yep. And then the second apartment. And then the high priest, as you say, okay. was, was only allowed to go Holy place, there. most holy place. So we have this idea of, of a mediator that can help you deal with your sin, but yeah. this person is sort of more special than you and has special access right into the very presence of God, yeah. particularly the high priest. Yeah. And that's where the Shekinah glory was. Okay. The, where the, the, the very presence. The visible glory of God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was is existing in that. So he mm. would be that go-between mm-hmm. between myself and and, and this holy and righteous God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the idea of, of a mediator. Yeah. Now, um, Bjorn Kalman's uh, article talks about Jesus as a mediator, but, we, I mean, Jesus yeah. wasn't the priest. He, he wasn't from the, the priestly tribe. He didn't get around in priest robes. He didn't work in the temple. So how does, how does that work? So Paul, in Paul's writings, the book of Hebrews, and again, all of these things we find from the Old Testament were brought over into the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And so we see these... Um, 
um, illustrations that were there in the Old Testament being brought into the New right, Testament. Right, right. So these, this, that's the typology. Yep. And so we see the, the high priest in the mm-hmm. Old Testament, Jesus became the high priest in the New Testament. Right. So in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, it, it yeah. discusses it extensively, doesn't it? it Jesus does. as our high priest. Yeah. Yep. So as we look through um, Hebrews 8 verse 1, uh, now this is the main point of things we're saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister of the, the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected and not man. Wow. Okay. So the tr- so there's a true tabernacle yeah. in heaven as opposed to that, like, copy. T- that, that temp- tent tabernacle yeah. in the desert. And then later, of course, they built it of wood and stone yeah. and that yeah. sort of stuff. But it's this idea that any temple that has been, been built on the earth during that Old Testament mm. period is only really a, a shadow and a dim reflection of a real temple that's yeah. actually in heaven. And Exodus 25 gives us that, that glimpse yep. that, that Moses was given that vision, build this um, on the copy that I will show you. Right. And so this heavenly sanctuary now, which um, is being spoken of here in this article, we then start giving a, getting a glimpse that, that Jesus, mm. and it's interesting as you look through of Jesus, because he was the high priest. Mm-hmm. But then he was also the sacrifice, mm. the, the lamb. He is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and when John said that in, in um, John one twenty one, I can just get a glimpse of, of what he must have seen, thought when he saw Jesus coming. Here is the one that is going to take away... Mm. Yeah, the sin of the word. He's the one that's going to take away my sin. So that sin that was started back in, um, committed back in Genesis 3, mm-hmm. he's the one that's going to take it away. He's and, the and, one, and not just that sin, but every sin that every, every person sin. has done sins up, up to you and me now. Yep. So all of the kings, all of the judges, all of the Israelites, all of the people that have ever since lived mm. since that time, he now in Jesus was that lamb that was to take away the, the sin of the world. Wow. And so that's a lot of sin. That's a lot of sin. And so you can see, I guess, when you're reading through the Gospels, Jesus cry from the, the cross. Yeah, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You mm. know, just the, the horror of being separated mm. from his father, which, again, is what Adam and Eve experienced. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that, you know, if, if I've done something particularly stupid or done something that, that's hurt, you know, someone else, uh, it's the sort of thing that keeps you awake at night, and you know, and you feel terrible a, yeah. about it. Um, and I'm, you know, not someone who's, you know, committed any sort of serious crimes that have ended me up in prison, but I think, boy, it, Imagine that feeling of guilt that you have just for, you know, hurting someone in your family, saying something stupid, you know, doing something stupid, and magnify that by every person in the whole world, including people who have done really horrible, you know, more horrible things than, than I have, and Jesus feeling that sense of guilt and shame all at once. That's, yeah. uh, boy, I, psychologically, that, that, that must have broken him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well. And so we start getting a, a glimpse. And I, think, I guess that's one of the things for our Christian living today. We need to understand, you know, the horrors of sin. Yeah. We need to understand the, the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. Because it's only as we start seeing those two elements in perspective mm-hmm. does it actually drive us to Jesus, drive us to the cross in seeking, mm-hmm. you know, forgiveness of sin. So there's two things, you know, he, um, Ephesians chapter 1, um, speaking of, of the lamb and of the blood from, from, of Jesus' sacrifice, says here, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, capital mm. H, God's mm-hmm. grace, mm-hmm. which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Mm. And so we get that glimpse that, you know, it was only through Jesus that we have 
eternal redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see him as lamb, but then the book of Hebrews, we, we then see him as being our, our high priest, priest. Our, our mediator. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. Um, something that, that worries me a little bit about this idea of mediator, and, and, I'm, and I haven't seen it coming out at all in what you've been saying, Wayne, um, but I feel like when other people have, and there are even verses in the Bible that seem to sound like it sometimes, when people talk about Jesus as mediator, it almost sounds like God the Father is incredibly angry with us. Mm. He's got a lightning bolt in each fist, and he's just looking... Ready to let it fly. He's ready to let it fly. Yeah. He's angry. Yeah. He's angry at us. And Jesus, as the mediator, is sort of... You, you know, like in, when, when there's the bar fight, there's always a friend who's sort of holding holding the guy back and saying, no, 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 settle down. It's all right. It's all good. You know, it, it almost seems like Jesus' mediator role is that. It's like Jesus is the nice, loving, Jesus, meek and mild, mm. who's, who's trying to soften God's anger towards us and stop God from punishing us. And it's like good cop, bad cop. You, mm. you, you know what I mean? It, I feel really uncomfortable with, with that picture of God. And I think a lot of people who mm. see God as the, you know, the big bearded man in the sky with the lightning bolt ready to let rip it's not a very attractive picture of God and so they, they leave God. I mean, is, yeah. is is there anything in the Bible that, that can help us get a picture of God that's not quite so angry and, and vengeful or, or is it just a fact we have to learn to live with? Yeah, and that's, a, I think, a really good point to, to raise. When something bad happens in the world, we call mm. it, insurance companies call it, an act of God. Wow. So all these bad things that happen, bang, it's, it's God. So, mm. you know, it fits in with those Some, some those random things. natural event act yeah. of God, which is not really fair on God. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, or but, is it? But mm. when we look at, there's probably two texts, um, and there's, there's more we could, we could look at, but two texts that we have for our, our study today. One that is well known, it appears in footy, footy games over in, uh, in, in the States. People oh, yeah. would hold up this sign in the crowd. John 3.16. Yes, okay. Um, But we often miss John 3.17. Right. And so those two texts that we we look at, for God so loved the world, Mm -hmm. that gives us a glimpse straight up. Right. That sets the scene. Yeah. Yep. Uh, God loved the world. So God loved the world so much. That he gave his only begotten son, Mm -hmm. that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Right. So the act of Jesus dying on the cross, of, of being a mediator for us, of giving his blood, is something that is initiated by God because of God's love. Yeah. So wow. if we're going to talk, term anything an act of God, mm-hmm. let it be that. Mm. Um, you know, First John gives us that, that, that clear glimpse that God is love. Yep. And it was because of that love that he loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay, you, you said you were going to talk about John three seventeen as well. 17 what does that says, say? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, uh-huh. but that through him the world might be saved. So that through Jesus the world might be saved. So we get a glimpse there. Mm. Again, we see this um, separation that happened back in, in Genesis chapter 3. Mm. God doing all that he can mm. to to bring about redemption. And, and I guess there's one more passage that let me share with you from that. Yeah. Because, you know, we might think that in some respects, you know, it's a flippant move um, on God's behalf. It was a, a spare of the moment. God didn't really love us. He just, this is what he did mm-hmm. and, and away he went. Yeah, sort of moving pawns around on the chessboard, it seemed. Yeah. yeah. It's just a, a game is the way some people might see it. Um, but we see from both First um, Peter and then also Revelation chapter 5 that God had this in place before the creation of the world. Wow. So again, 
he recognised what humanity would do, mm-hmm. and he had a plan in place mm. to actually address that. When, that it, when he could have just chosen not to create us in the first place and go, you know what, these guys are too much trouble, it's going to cause too much hassle. Yep. He could have done that, but he said, no, I love them, I want them to have life, even if it involves some struggle for a while. Wow. Revelation 38 says, um, and this is giving us a glimpse between the heavy section of scripture this one Revelation mm. 13 the beast mm. and and Revelation 14 the people of God and so in here we get a glimpse in Revelation 13 eight, and that um, war was 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 granted to make war um, on the part of the beast but it then goes on to say gives us this hope that all who dwell on earth mm. will worship him whose name has been not, not been written in the Lamb's book of life slain from the foundation of the world. So this was was no off-the-cuff plan of God. Mm-hmm. There was a plan in place. And so that again... So the lamb it's talking about is Jesus. Is Jesus. So, so. we get a, a glimpse of these, these three texts mm-hmm. that... God loves us. Mm-hmm. He didn't come to condemn us. Mm-hmm. He did all he could to, to save us. And then this plan here mm. was in place before the world began. I'm, I'm thinking of another verse. I'm not, not really good at numbers, so I can't remember the reference, but it says something along the lines of um, God is not willing that any yeah. of us should perish, but that we should all come to repentance. Yeah. Um, you know, he, He's not keen to find us doing something wrong and, and to strike us down. Yeah. Wow. And so we get a glimpse through through those aspects, I think, that, that teaches us something far greater about the character mm. of God. Okay. Now, just, just as we finish, Wayne, um, so Jesus acts as our, as our high priest. I mean, the, the, the high priest in the Old Testament just went into that, um, you know, holy of holies sort of part of the temple only once a year. And yeah. that it was just for, you know, briefly in and out. Um, so there's this temple in heaven. Um, Jesus is our high priest. Um, does what, What's going on there? Is, is Jesus in the, in the temple, in the... In heaven, and what is he doing there, and, and how is it relevant to us, if, yeah. if it is relevant at all? Yeah. So we get a glimpse here of, of Jesus mediating on our behalf, mm-hmm. representing and taking our case. We, as, as believers, have accepted Jesus as our Savior. We mm-hmm. have accepted that blood which has covered our sin. First mm-hmm. John 1.9, you know, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. Mm, to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we then see the role of the priest then in the Old Testament on that day of atonement, Leviticus 16, mm-hmm. he would go into the, the most holy place and the sins would be transferred from the the, um, the tabernacle mm-hmm. onto the the scapegoat, right? Um, and that scapegoat was then taken out into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, so that scapegoat is important to recognise didn't atone for sin. Mm. So there's a bit of a process, then, isn't there? All yeah. those sin offerings coming all through the year, being and all that sin being symbolically transferred to this to the temple. Yeah. Then the high priest taking that sin symbolically right into the most holy place, yeah. and to deal with it into God's presence. And yep. then that, and then that. Um, sin being symbolically transferred out of the temple, out of God's people, out, away from the high priest, yeah. and onto that scapegoat, that goat which was basically exiled. Yeah. Is that what is that symbolic of Satan at the end yeah. of time? Yeah. Or, yeah. Sin's being being not not paid for, yeah. but but the consequence yeah. of sin placed on him, and and so the originator of sin in the end has to wear the responsibility. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And so we get through then through the the role of what Jesus is doing in our, in on our behalf in the heavenly sanctuary. Now this is that second phase of mm-hmm. of the salvation mediation process. Mm-hmm. When God looks at us, He's not seeing our sin, mm. but He's seeing the the blood mm. 
covering our sin mm. um, that Jesus has taken there on our behalf. Wow. Well, look, that's some pretty heavy biblical stuff, Wayne, but um, you've taken us literally through from Genesis, Genesis to, to, Revelation. to Revelation, understanding this idea of Jesus as mediator. Um, if you find that all a bit much and you're listening to this, um, look, we're really happy for you to email us at info at signsofthetimes.org.au. We can uh, certainly get you in contact with some more material that will, will take you through um, step by step. So we've got to finish Wayne, but just before we do, I know you're, you're desperate to say one more thing. All right. Tell us, please. He- Hebrews 4 um, gives us this glimpse, and this is the, the joy that we have in mm. Jesus being our high priest. And it yep. says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, mm. but was tempted in all points as we are, yet was without sin. Then he goes on to say this, mm. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to to help in time of need. Wow. And that's great news. That is great news. The Lamb, Jesus, our High Priest, Mm. Jesus, our Mediator, let us come before the throne of God with boldly. Wow. So we we can, uh, like you've been talking about a lot lot about typology and symbols and that sort of stuff. I suppose we, we can close our eyes. We can imagine ourselves, you know, perhaps as we try to praise, we try to connect with God, that we're right there in his throne room. He, he doesn't need us to grovel and yeah. beg, you yeah. know, on, on the floor. We, we're to come boldly into, you know, it's, I guess when, when one of the princes or princesses, you know, little kids comes into mm. the throne room and, and dad's there, they just come and throw themselves straight up and on his lap, you know. Yeah. Even though he is the, the king, you know, has incredible power. And that seems to be what that verse is saying. We can come into God's throne room in prayer. We can go right up there to the throne, approach boldly because he's offering mercy. And that's the fullness of Jesus' sacrifice. That that is really powerful, Wayne. Yeah, thank you for for sharing that verse. And it's a a great way to finish. Yeah, thanks for your time and thanks for your explanation. Thanks, Ken. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Science of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. 